Uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. Hello everyone, Alexander here. And Aaron is also here. So good to have you back with us. We're excited about uh, this episode coming up and we're going to get into working around jealous and envy a little bit and kind of seeing how inspiration and competition walk hand in hand in this life and it creates many issues that we project onto other people Um, and most people do this subconsciously but this is kind of what begins to create insecurities and self-judgments when we see someone that has something that we want or that is able to do something that we would like to know how to do but we may not be willing to put forth the effort. So sometimes there would just be a judgment cast. Uh, sometimes they're called negative Nellies, I think. But uh, we want to just uh, put this under a microscope and just once again look at how can you shift envy or jealousy or seeing someone in a negative light to inspiration. Been looking forward to talking with this uh, with Mr. Keith. So when you first brought this idea of this topic up to me, the first thing that that came into my mind was Mars energy Mm. because of that friction, that competition, and how I feel like if you can look past that friction, then you can see inspiration. You can see that this person isn't threatening me. You know, I'm creating that, that threatening, that friction internally. Uh, I, w- I would think if you're if you're seeing somebody as competition and there's no direct competition coming at you, like they're not directing anything at you, calling you out, then it is a form of like self-created friction, right? Right, self-reflection, if you will. And yeah, that Mars uh, comparison is in the Destiny card system that those do come hand in hand. And when you have somebody that is Mars to you, There is a competition and an attraction created simultaneously. And if you don't learn how in the relationship to direct that Mars energy, this is what creates people that fight and then have sex and fight and have sex. It's the competition. The anger comes up and then uh, they bring it full circle by reconnecting. And this can be just patterns that people create. And if they can learn to harness that energy and direct it in a team-oriented direction, even working in a garden or something like that, then it's extremely powerful. But we're, we are going to be discussing probably more today the internal dialogue of this rather than uh, sharing it with others, but I'm sure it will bleed in as we discuss it. So what makes somebody, you know, if there, if there is that Mars energy, that attraction towards somebody, what is it that creates either that inspiration or 
that competition right off the bat? I think it is that self-judgment and how someone just feels about themselves. The more uh, self-assured someone is, I feel like the more accepting they are of other people's gifts. And the more self-conscious someone is, many times uh, the more judgmental uh, they will be at others that are performing their gift. And, you know, this is a good place to bring in when you do have that perception that comes in. I feel like it's important to realize that you have two main choices here. And say, for example, you know, a musician gets around another musician that his girlfriend knows. And the insecure musician or the boyfriend might start judging the so-called better musician right away and even making snide comments and that kind of thing because of the insecurity that's being created. So there's a choice that can happen when you do catch yourself in judgment externally like that is you can choose to use them as inspiration and say, I really like what they're doing and I recognize that it's making me feel a little insecure here. But if I just dedicate some time consistently, I can learn to do that. That's inspiration. Now, that time could be days, weeks, months, years, but you have to be realistic with that. And if you make that assessment and you just go, no, that would really take me way too long and too much effort to learn that technique when I've got these other things I want to learn. So you know what? Let me just give that person props for being diligent and being disciplined to you know, work toward mastery of that technique and I can appreciate it and let me stop my judgment of it because the, of the intimidation of it and just accept that they've put the time in and I'm not willing to put the time in. So let me focus on something that is more my specialty and appreciate that and be able to appreciate this specialty that this person carries. And realizing that we have that choice is the main point of this discussion today. Yeah, I've had similar things crop up in my mind when when I see somebody who has something that I potentially want or I want to be or or I want to put in the time but I haven't yet mm-hmm. and I can feel that that competition, self-created competition getting into the the jealousy and the envy crop up in me and I have to pause then go into appreciation of what this person has and and go in, go into exactly what you said where you think about how much time and effort and energy that they put in and the sacrifices that they made in their life with their energy to get to that point. And then I, I reflect back on my life and be like, you know, I'm not willing to give up what I have and what I have done to be there. So mm-hmm. it kind of absolves all of that. But I feel like that is where most people can have this sort of envy and, and jealousness is around potentially things that they want, right? right? Right, yes. And this connects to, you know, one of the five pillars of emotional accountability and responsibility and realizing that when we experience a so-called negative emotion, it's just a messenger showing us that we're holding on to something that we really need to let go to, to grow to that next level. So, Realizing that jealousy and envy, once again, it's not important to judge yourself for it, 
But to shift that mentality, uh, the way of looking at it, that, yes, I'm either willing to be inspired and I'm going to go work harder to move more in this direction, or I'm going to realize what they've invested and that I'm not willing to invest that, and we're going to let the judgment die there, that, no, they are better than me at that, and I want to be able to celebrate that. And this is why I'm you know, better than maybe other people at certain things because I've just put more time. This is also a great way to keep the ego in check. And so when I'm using that term better, it's not a judgment that you're a better person. It's that your skill set in a specific area may be slightly better. And that isn't comparing yourselves as a person, but just really what you have put your time and your practice into. And using as many people for inspiration as possible is a food that feeds the soul. When we feel inspiration, it's very similar to when we feel love. You know, I am separating here the difference between emoting and feeling, and that I've shared before that love may be the only true feeling, but inspiration is a very close second because inspiration, I find people have lots of difficulty explaining it, very similar to love. I'm finding that now at this time of my life, that that's what I'm seeking just more and more is inspiration. And, uh, of course, God created things that inspire is endless. And the people doing amazing things on this planet is endless. And these are the focuses that we can choose to have to seek out that inspiration rather than just waiting for it to find you. And many times when people wait for it to find them, it shows up and they don't recognize it. And so all of you people, listeners out there, you know, you may have tremendous inspiration around you and you're just not taking the time to truly absorb it, to recognize it, to lean into that friction, as I like to say, of that that resistance that we all create ourselves and lean into that friction and pass that barrier to see that bounty of fruit that's on the other side through doing your own self-development and working toward that uh, self-authenticity. I like to think when, when I feel myself in uh, competition with somebody and bringing in those emotions, I like to think that I can create anything I want to as long as I put the consistency and effort and energy toward it. I can develop any skill that I want. And I think what what gets lost, at least in my mind, is I, I start to romanticize what they've done. Like if I see somebody making some awesome art with with wood, like handmade wood art, like nicely sanded and stained, like that really gets my juices going. I love that. And inside I'm like, oh man, I wanna make that. I wanna create those things. And I can I can lose the perspective or of of just looking at this person and all of the stuff that that they had to push through cuz every everything we do it's not all roses like it's mm-hmm. not all fun and right. that that's why some people say don't make uh the things that you love your job because you'll start to lose that passion for it. And and I, and I feel like we can, or at least I can tend to overlook the hard work, the, the grunt work that has to go in. That's not fun. And just because I see the final product and it's pretty, you know, it's not just like me, I just want to make this. So I just go and make it and it's all fun. You kind of lose out on, on 
the the not so fun work. I don't know what you, what you would call it. The, the, yeah, the yeah. process that's not as fun uh, to do. Yeah, I mean it's it's similar. Like when I used to uh, you know work in bands for over eleven years, is that you know to have that forty five minutes on stage. Uh, you know, we practice like 10, 10 or more hours that week for that 45 minutes. And then every 45 minutes wasn't wonderful because the, you know, the singer or the guitar player may be a little bit too tipsy or might have gotten a fight with a girlfriend. So, so I, I share with people that in 11 years, the amount of magical moments, and I'm talking moments that last seconds that I had was about five, five moments that were, you know, orgasmic or that level of experience that you can't even explain. But when you've had it with somebody, you don't even need to talk about it. So, you know, the amount of investment to reward is normally greater than most people take the time to realize. And I do think that that helps to regulate that envy and jealous and be able to shift that towards actual uh, inspiration that, you know, if the product doesn't inspire you, then the dedication, the, the loyalty to that art to learn to, you know, produce whatever they produced, that part can be inspiring. So this is why inspiration, I feel like, should be sought out, it, it, like on a daily basis. And I've been very guilty for living parts of my life without inspiration, so to say. Uh, I would call it still living in the present moment, but looking for more of a contentment rather than an inspiring. And there's nothing wrong with any of that because some people are just looking to survive. And then after that, some people are looking to uh, just be content. And then possibly there is another level of looking to be inspired not just by, you know, in any of these three that I just suggested, I'm not talking about specific people or specific things, but just that you're, you're that investigator. You're looking to go from different from just surviving in life to get to like, normally that takes minimalizing, getting rid of relationships and things so that so much stuff isn't weighing you down where you can just get back to a middle ground of being uh, content and then once you're in that contentment, then a whole nother level of looking for that inspiration can truly be found. And many times people are bouncing, trying to bounce from survival to inspiration. And this is the emotional roller coaster ride that many, many people ride. And so that's why we want to, of course, everything that we talk about is a process on this uh, podcast and through the Just Philosophy. So no quick changes. Once again, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. How close is inspiration related to creativity? Does inspiration that we see in the external world, does that like create the juices for us to go and be creative in any way? Well, I think that Inspiration and creativity should just be seen as like um, yin and yang or the just um, two counterparts holding hands or being a, uh, almost, a, you know, the complement, the perfect complement of each other. Because you can get to either one through the other. And sometimes people will 
start something creative because they were inspired by something that they experienced. And then sometimes creativity will bring in inspiration. And so, for example, you know, somebody might go through an event, maybe it's a heartbreak or a divorce or a death, and then that can inspire uh, something creative to as an ode to that person or that situation. And then vice versa, you can be maybe uh, just out in the garden doing something creative, like maybe in your flower beds or something like that, and then get expired to create a whole new scenery in another area of your lawn or something like that. To look at, you know, how we generate these energies is, is important. For example, give a little spoiler alert here, but in the potential three minutes of stillness today in this episode, I'm going to share a joint effort that the boys, my boys and I did uh, through poetry. And we just, every two minutes, we passed the sheet of paper and the pen and we uh, inspired and resonated creativity off of each other. And so we created about a minute and a half spoken word poetry that uh, is very close to my heart now. And that was us doing that cycle of inspiration and creativity together and just like seeing that anytime you come together with another human in any kind of interaction, you're building a third energy. And that when you can build that energy around creativity and inspiration and keep the judgment and the ridicule and uh, the jealousy and all of that, you know, away and at bay, it's going to try to sneak in. But this is one of the most... Uh, enjoyable experiences that I've had as a human being is having this, sharing this time and space with either one person or multiple people and being in that dance of creativity and inspiration. Would you say that, that there are any aspects of competition that could be healthy? Like it, could we look at any competition that's being created within us and then take that in a direction where it's more motivating? Yes, I think, um, you know, competition as all of the so-called negative emotions can be very, very useful. Many times we need to bring in the polarity or the opposite of that, uh, whatever that emotion is. And here with competition, I used to be extremely competitive externally in sports. And uh, I wasn't introduced to music till my very late teens, really. And so sports was my main attraction and I had a major issue with competition because I had an issue with self-confidence. And so I was extremely competitive and always trying to prove myself, which made me not enjoy my sports, really, because I was always comparing myself to other people. When I got into self-development work and metaphysics and I started studying energy, I realized that that was doing nothing but depleting me. And I was chasing something that was just going to exhaust my energy and I was never going to get fulfilled externally. But when I learned to turn that competition inward, similar to the way some people talk about playing golf, even when they play golf with other people, it doesn't matter their scores. They're only playing themselves. And that's kind of the mental stance that I started taking in every area of my life is that People are just role players, 
And they're always bringing me something that I can work with or work on. And due to the laws of physics, when you change your vibration, everyone around you has to change by those laws or friction will be created and they will want to be, uh, they want to go away. And it doesn't have to always be an altercation. So when that self-judgment came in to accept the insecurity that I carried and that anything that externally I think I'm in competition with, be it a person, a place, or a thing, that I'm really not in competition, but I'm looking to self-improve. And so take that energy of competition and just switch it to self-improvement. So when I see external competition and I feel my emotions get involved and that that person just so-called made a shot over me in basketball or played a better guitar solo than me or any of that kind of stuff, right away, I just turn the internal dialogue to, but you know how to get better. So are you willing to invest in the time? And if so, at that point, it's inspiration or at that point, I just go, well, no, I'm not really looking to develop that, so let me appreciate them. And it changes that vibration from competition because competition is that somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. In self-development, no one has to lose and no one gets judged. They're just seen as playing roles to help us to be a better human being. And so that's how I see shifting that whole external competition into an internal dialogue of helping you get to your authentic self. I feel like taking that internal, well, taking that competition and bringing it internal um, does exactly that, like you were talking about. And in my own life, I've done that with bowling my whole life. You know, I started bowling when I was around six or eight, all the way up until I was 21. I bowled a 300 two days before my wow. 21st birthday. And that showed all of that hard work that I have put in, you know, consistently going every week from the time I was six or eight all the mm -hmm. way to 21. And it paid off because that was a goal of mine. But now, oftentimes, when somebody asks me to go bowling, I need to have my gear mm -hmm. because I'm not, I'm not the type of person to just, you know, pick a ball off the shelf and roll it because when I go bowling it really isn't about fun. It's really about competing with myself. Right. How good can I be? How good, you know, do I still have it? And I have to have my own gear because I, I do hook the ball. So you can't really do that with an off the, off the shelf ball. But then many people say that I'm too serious or right. I don't have enough fun and I'm, I'm, I'm too high strung about it. And I try not to be, I try to be very relaxed, but when I'm bowling, like I'm very internal. Mm -hmm. And so I think people can misconstrue that, with not having fun and sure. i obviously there's a fine line and i probably am too serious about it especially if i'm only bowling like a couple times a year sure, sure but there is that fine line and that internal competition can start to bring in some self-judgment or like me too serious so how do we learn to relax while bringing in that competition yeah i think uh you know there's there's steps and stages to this and in my own experience i had to go through um getting away from the sport, I'll just use that for example, basketball, I had to get completely away from it and from watching sports for many years. Actually, for myself, it was about 10 years before I a, came back to playing sports or watching it with a completely different mindset. And over that 10 years, I was working on 
competition and jealousy, all these things that we're talking about on this podcast very intensely for, you know, seven out of 10 of those years anyway. And then I wanted to come back to so-called test myself, both in watching it. And I know that, you know, uh, we discussed, you know, football and basketball for quite a while, a few years there when I got back into it. And uh, I enjoy playing, but again, it wasn't the same. Like I didn't have this drive to win. It was more about me learning to just have fun. And this was a big deal in my life because when I went through the trauma of losing Sherry uh, 13 years ago, that's what I was told by a uh, lady that I was talking with. She said, I got you know divinely guided to just let you know to just go have fun. You've worked so hard. Just go have fun in this life. And I, I came home, and that was a brand-new concept. I'd never considered just having fun. I'd always been intense, like you were just saying about bowling, but like in my everyday life about almost everything. And so that began the quest because that's what Sherry represented to me was fun. And she was the sunshine, and she did have fun every single day of her life. And so that's how I wanted to um, honor her was to learn to do that in my life. So, so that meant that I had to change this focus and to realize that getting better at something sometimes doesn't mean your skills continue to get sharper. Getting better at something can mean that you learn to have fun doing it rather than always trying to be better. And so, again, this is a, a shift from this competition view to self-development because there's many different facets of self-development. And self-development doesn't always fall under sharpening your skill set. Sometimes it's allowing. Sometimes it's accepting. And so I probably played for about two to three more years to where I just saw that it wasn't worth the risk-reward of injury to practice that non-attachment to competition anymore. I felt like that I did have that. I could just go and have fun. I didn't care anymore about how good other people thought that I was. I was still able to be seen as above average, but I used to want to be the best and seen as that. And so I think it's a progression. I think it would even be a great exercise, you know, for your personal self-development to go bowling and even maybe play with that off ball just to have an experience to where in the beginning you even have the excuse that, hey, I'm not even trying to compare to my old self because I'm not even using my equipment. That was the break that I needed for quite a while. And then when I, yeah, when I came back, I saw that I had lost some skills. And so the very first step was just accepting that and going, I'm not less of a person because I haven't been putting practice into this. I took 10 years off. So needless to say, I'm going to lose a step. But what that began to do is for me to develop my game in a different way, to learn to be a smarter player rather than an athletic player. And that's the kind of stuff that adaptation, once again, is what I feel like the stage of just having fun and maybe not using all of your tools to the optimal level that you uh, can by giving yourself that leeway uh, to just have fun at something that you used to take extremely serious. And I think that that is a, a huge growth in one's self-development. Yeah, I think it is that I used to take it so serious and it used to be such a part of me that maybe I mentally don't want to think that 
it's going away mm-hmm. in some way or because I get what you're saying like and and I remind myself that like this isn't something that I do all the time so it's not a big deal <laughs> I mean it's even to the point where like if I throw a strike but it's not the perfect strike then I'm not really happy right right but I'm not like I'm not like upset I'm just like I could do better right and but I I can, I can understand how people think that I don't have a good time and sure. um but anyway, I, I enjoy competing against myself. I really, you know, even like playing wiffle ball and pitching, like there's that element of just being in the heat and like being against yourself, even though you're playing against another person. Right. Um, but I wanted to bring in the idea that when you are inspired uh, by somebody with something, like I think when I was younger, I was inspired by somebody who played the guitar. So I bought a guitar mm-hmm. and... I picked it up and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna play the guitar." And it was, I, I was like, "I can't, ma- I can't make any any sort of music out of this that I even know." And so, like, I immediately lost that energy right. because I didn't know where to start, and I didn't, I don't think that I was prepared to put the energy in. Yeah. So I kind of like lost that, but I think through that experience of getting inspired, thinking that I'm I'm gonna do this, and then seeing just how hard it is to even start. I think it created some some respect for the people who actually put the time in. And I wanted to bring in, you know, that whole story just to bring in the term respect because I think it does play a huge part in this. I agree. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a huge term. And, you know, I happen to feel that respect should be given to others. You shouldn't expect respect from others, but that respect is something that's given and trust is something that is earned. And we've we've discussed some of these in previous uh, podcasts. So, yes, that respect level is, once again, what helps to keep the ego in check. And it helps to shift from that jealousy or envy uh, more toward that appreciation and inspiration. You know, respecting time and energy is two commodities that, you know, may possibly be our most important after food and water for our sustenance. Uh, to realize what it does take for somebody to play a song, you know, to make you want to, to inspire you to a level to want to do that, but then to be realistic about how much time it took. For example, you know, when you were talking about your bowling, that you went every week from age 8, I think, to 21, that you said. And when people just take time to fathom how many, you know, bowling matches that that is for maybe three or four hours for or however long every week for that many years. So if I go bowling with Aaron and I compete with him, that would be stupid of me because I should know better. I haven't put maybe five weeks in total of, you know, ever playing in my life. So, but see, I could have that natural tendency to do that. But at the same time, I can get better by learning from his example and watching somebody that is seasoned in that art or in that skill or sport and then choosing the inspiration uh, for that dedication of time, of energy to maybe pour into something that's more meaningful to me. So I think this is a good point that you're bringing up that how do we direct our inspiration? Because in order for inspiration to create creativity – to create inspiration, everything has to be so-called realistic. And so however we are inspired, we may not go do that specific 
instrument or a task or or sport that they were doing. We just want to feed off of the inspiration. And that's the important thing is to see every, all of you listeners that you're individually creative. Individually, whatever you do, no one can do it like you. You may think that somebody does it better, but somebody else might think that you do it better than them, that somebody that's even more proficient. Like, for example, Jimi Hendrix as a guitar player and Stevie Ray Vaughan as a guitar player. And Stevie Ray Vaughan covered uh, a few Jimi Hendrix songs. See, technically, Stevie Ray Vaughan is a better so-called guitar player, technically, but nobody can play like Jimi Hendrix. It's just a, it's a feeling, it's a style. So no matter how perfect Stevie Ray Vaughan, and he's amazing in his own regard, he will never have that touch that Jimmy had. And that's what I want to inspire with this episode and everyone listening is that anything you do, no one can copy you. They can imitate it. But I wish that everyone could see their special sauce and that whether it's as good technically as somebody else, to stop worrying about that and pour your belief, your trust, your faith into your individual sauce. And then just go do what you enjoy doing. And it not be about that it's as good or better than somebody else's. It's just that you're putting your special sauce out into the world for others to taste. And that there are going to be some people that like it and some people that don't like it. That's why I respect artists, you know, that have persevered. It's not about how popular or how much money they make, but they've they've just continued an artistic life throughout their time here on earth. For some people, that does become their vocation, but for some people, they separate it and they get a job to pay their bills and they just enjoy their art. So right now, I'm just really appreciating all those wonderful people out there rotating the creativity and the inspiration and feeding that to others. It sounds like you're saying get away from more of the perfection and get more into the craft. Yes, and get away from the product and more into the experience. And the more that you do the experience, just the better the product's going to be. But the main part of that product is that special sauce that I'm trying to get across. And what makes that special sauce optimal is when you believe in yourself, not from an ego standpoint, but just that you have something to offer. And this is important, people. Just understand that you have something to offer that nobody else does. And you may even say something that's been said a thousand times before, but no one has ever, ever, ever said it the way that you will say it, with the timber, with the energy, with the intention. And that's what I hope to, once again, inspire people to feel their specialness rather than comparing and use this comparing energy as inspiration. Show homage to people that do persevere, that do put the time in, and get inspired to just find an area in your life to where you just want to do something consistently every day for a little bit, every day. And, you know, over time, you will develop something that can give your life meaning that may or may not, like I said, turn into your vocation or way of making money. Some people pursue that, but it's not necessary. So, but the important thing that I do feel is that people feel inspired because if you don't feel inspired in your life, 
that many times you're either at the t- stage of surviving or just trying to seek a, a level of contentment that is just a little above survival. And this next step is to actually put action into seeking out that inspiration in your life. So I want to get into like what to do if you find yourself buying into that competition and feeling that jealousy and that envy where you want to transition it more into inspiration. And getting into what you were just talking about, I wanted to bring in the three R's because you brought into you brought in redirecting that inspiration. Mm-hmm. So I wanted you to speak about the three R's and how to utilize that in this area. But also I wanted to bring in the three questions for finding our authentic self because maybe we need to redirect that inspiration if it's in the wrong area toward something that is supported by our intention of who we are and what we're here to do and how we're here to exemplify that. Because like like I mentioned with the guitar, I wasn't meant to do that. That wasn't part of me. So had I known that, I wouldn't have picked up the guitar. I would have funneled that inspiration to something else, right. uh, maybe maybe a, um, a shirt design or something. Mm-hmm. So let's get into that, the three R's, and how it also relates to the three questions for finding our authentic self. Well, you know, the three R's, first of all, is recognize, respect, and redirect. And whether this is people, places, things, environment, energies, uh, it all works the same, that if you recognize the situation and accept it that's moving towards respect because respect is when you don't show something judgment that it's either so-called positive or negative it's accepted wherever you are and that doesn't mean that i agree or condone where you are and then redirecting it is that if you see that it's not going in a direction that is working toward your intention of life, of building your relationships with yourself, the divine, or with others, uh, fulfilling you in life. Then, as you're saying right there with inspiration, see where to redirect it. In this situation, we'll use your example. You got inspired by a guitar player, and then, yes, you went out with maybe unrealistic expectations to buy a guitar and very quickly be able to do something similar. Not exact, of course. But when I used to teach guitar, I would ask every student, are you willing to practice daily for about a year before you really feel like you're learning anything? And and you can normally tell within a few seconds or by a person's response as to whether they're going to stick it out and persevere. Because uh, the response is normally either, oh, that's way too long, or it's, well, of course, this is going to take quite a while. And just that difference of perception is what's going to determine many times whether somebody uh, ends up being a guitar player or not. But in that situation, now that, of course, you're uh, older and more wise, in moving forward in your life, yes, you can be inspired by somebody, but not compare yourself to what they're doing, but just then go seeking in your own life and say, where would I like to be inspired and actually put the time in daily that this person's putting into their art to develop what they're developing? And let me do that. So redirecting the inspiration uh, is, is, is very important. This works with negative emotions when people bring them to you, you know, If a person feels accepted in their negative emotions, that's normally when they will consider changing their perception. 
But most people meet a negative emotional person with more negativity, which creates friction, which, you know, I've said many times, everything on this plane grows through uh, friction. So the way to stop something is by acceptance, which again does not mean condoning or approving of, but truly accepting it, that something is the way that it is, and then it's willing to be uh, redirected when it feels accepted. And this is true for all of you people raising kids out there. You know, for the child, in order to for them to be honest with you, ongoing, they they need to feel accepted first before being redirected. And many parents go right into redirecting right away. And this is what creates the traumas. And now we will bring in, you know, the three questions of who are you, what do you do, and what do you exemplify? And this is the undoing of these traumas where we didn't get approval growing up. And now through self-development, we're trying to understand, yeah, who we are because we many of us have had many nicknames and or professional names and that kind of thing. And every one of those different names calls us to play a different role. So part of the work there, in my opinion, is choosing how many different people do you want to be? And there's not, not a wrong or right answer. And then, of course, the second one, what do you do? isn't about how you make money. It's what what feeds you in your life, what inspires you, what are you passionate about. And, you know, and this is where uh, be the investigator. Find a subject. Find a cause. You know, those of you that aren't feeling inspired, go seeking to find out what that is. Think about what you cared about earlier in life, maybe as a young child. Uh, there may be some passion there. And then that third one is the how you exemplify what you do and, and how you exemplify what your passions are and, and how you exemplify uh, sharing that with other people. So those, both of those um, parts of the, the Just Philosophy are very important and tied into this competition because the more that you know who you are, the less competition that you're doing in this world and the less assure you are of yourself, normally the more situations you are putting that judgment and putting yourself in competition, and that's a big drain of energy. So this is why seeking your authentic self and the path to the authentic self is what really starts to heal these uh, communication and relationship failures and to heal these past traumas that we've been through and indoctrinated in uh, through you know the best attempts from most of our parents. I wanted to also bring in the 360-degree view of emotional processing because I feel like it, it applies here. Like if I was watching a YouTube channel, this is a true story, watching a YouTube channel of some guy who has a print shop and he's making awesome things and people are are really into his stuff and commenting and saying how good he is. And so maybe I have experienced a little bit of jealousy. Like, oh, I kind of want that uh, feedback from from the people who enjoy what I do. And so in that moment, utilizing the 360-degree view, what should I do in that moment? Okay, I think, you know, first of all, recognizing and accepting, uh, you know, those first two R's in yourself and seeing that, oh, I am feeling a little bit of jealousy here. But see, that's not a judgment. It's just a recognition. And then right away for you to be okay with that jealousy and go, oh, I see that this is also connected to inspiration, and so, see, that's where we make the, the choice at respect to that way we respect ourselves, the way we respect the divine, the way we respect the other person, place, or thing 
is by switching that judgment into inspiration. And so that is a 360-degree view is that you you say or uh, share whatever is the truth. And in that recognition, there's not judgment. And that's what begins the shift, the acceptance. And then you're able to move toward that inspiration rather than staying in that competition view. And so, so that's the process. And the more that you do that, just the faster you learn to do it, it can become almost automatic and you just re- recognize, ooh, I just had a competitive thought of, or, and that was going to create jealousy, but it got redirected so, so quickly. So, and I think the ultimate way to prove the 360-degree view is when you can go to that person that elicited the jealousy or the envy and thank them for what they do and be completely earnest about it because there's no more competition there. And to show them that, no, you inspired me. It started off as competition. And many great uh, nemesises in uh, sports and many different things, the bigger the nemesis, the bigger the friend in like the longevity of their lives. And uh, there's so many examples of that. But normally, you know, your biggest adversary is the one that pushes you to be better at whatever that is. And then at some point, you're able to appreciate each other for for pushing you in to be a better person. And that's the beauty of so-called competition. But it's really inspiration is what they thought they were competing all those years. But really, they were inspiring each other to be more creative in their art. And that is the beauty side of competition. Yeah, that's exactly what I was hoping that you would talk about because uh, we've talked about it in the past and there's an episode on the 360-degree view of emotional processing where when you uh, see something within yourself or something that you want that somebody else has, go out and do that That energetically. Like, like if I want people to like my posts, I should go out and show support for other people, yes, uh, just also. turning that around and, and redirecting the energy. Yes. Um, and then to close this out, I wanted uh, to ask you, what pillars should we utilize when we are struggling with competition? What pillars would you bring in to your own work? I think one of the main ones right away, um, you know, my personal favorite is, of course, everything's in divine order and competition doesn't uh, exist in that uh, higher energy Another one that rings so true is the polarity versus duality, that opposites have to exist, and that accepting those, we got the free will of what we, what we just focus on. So that helps with acceptance to just understand that opposites have to exist, but we have the free will about what we put our focus on. But probably the most important one is just that everyone and every situation that you come in contact with has the opportunity to teach you something. And so seeing that soon as competition arises, there's something to learn. And if you're able to recognize that, and this is exactly what the pillars is for, as soon as we get knocked off course, choose one of the pillars to just bring us back to center. And so rather than going down the jealousy or envy road to simply see, oh, this, if jealousy is here, then inspiration has to be there. And so I'm going to recognize the jealousy, not judge it by showing it respect, 
But then I'm going to redirect it over here toward inspiration and how can I get out of shifting this judgment uh, to stay in a more useful way because we're talking about how you spend your energy, that you're going to either burn it off and it's going to be gone or you're going to keep it in a loop of this inspiration and creativity. And once again, that's why I so enjoy watching documentaries of both music and bands and uh, sports Um, even actors and actresses, to see that perseverance. And that's a word that we're touching on late, but it's a big part of of this as well, is perseverance. And one of my most um, enjoyed uh, points of other human beings is when I hear people's stories of perseverance. That's one of the most inspiring things for me. So keep persevering out there, people. Uh, Keep shining your light, working on those three R's, you know, recognize it, respect it, and then redirect it. And I've enjoyed this conversation uh, so much, Aaron. It's, it's It's been great. And I did want to remind everybody that I do post uh, other episodes, other topics that we've discussed in this episode. If we've done other episodes, they will be in the show notes. If you're listening to this, you are supporting us and we really appreciate it. And we are so happy that you are working on you and joining us uh, along our own journeys. Yeah, so thank you all for your donations, uh, whether that be with sharing monetarily or uh, just your appreciation. Uh, we send so much gratitude. And now stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. This morning, a reflection of afternoons we've inspired, pondering the approaching evening and our pending invitations, pondering our perceptions, deciding these directions, living out those lessons. Has someone arrested me? Wait, is this a catastrophe? I think I've seen the way these sons teaching me. Washing clean our waves of intentions and the shifting sands of self. Relax into the moment. I promise it won't leave. Believe in your life's purpose. These things I've found lying around, share them as you will, for I have found you are certainly skilled. The task of tempting out our talents and voicing our reasons that it's you we're believing. Take a step in this direction, discover where it leads you, adjusting, shifting your perspective, this is what it means to. Not only words, but scars we bring to the table, healed yet tethered, we bask and welcome the abled. Reading through these growing lines, we risk our roles by creating choice. This is choice of what to voice, what do you offer, what do you proffer to this table of three. You, me, and he, as we approach the she's, may we all learn to be and live rooted yet flexible like a tree.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment. It's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.